All right, I've just got back from an incredible trip to the US, so I've got some great bonus content coming up for you over the next couple of weeks. I was staying with Nico Mullally and I got the amazing opportunity to be the first person whose surname isn't Mullally to swing a leg over Nico's prototype high pivot downhill bike and put it through its paces or ride it down a hill at least. I'll be sharing my thoughts on the bike next week, so listen out for that. We've got a bike check and a catch up on the Frameworks project coming too. While I was in the US, I thought it'd be good to record a little World Cup chat as we build up to the start of the season next weekend in Lourdes. Nico was on hand, but Elliot couldn't make it over to Windrock. Luckily, we bumped into Sean Spomer, the man behind Vital MTB and the Inside Line podcast, so we sat down to chat. Hear the guys' thoughts on the off-season team moves, the psychology of the first race, the importance of pre-season racing and plenty more. Before we hear what the guys thought, I'm super excited to tell you all that this season, my World Cup pre- and post-race shows are being supported by Maxis. Maxis are synonymous with performance and race wins, and they're the choice of many top riders, even if they have to ride them blacked out. The support from Maxis is going to help me get to four rounds of the World Cup and World Champs this year, which means I can make the shows even better for all of you, as well as providing opportunities to interview the world's top riders in person. They'll also be providing some awesome bits and pieces for me to give away during the season too, so stay tuned for that. I'm super excited for this season to get going, and I can't wait to get stuck in and make the most of this incredible opportunity. While you're here, don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. There's buttons to help you get that done over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe. Merch is available if you want to support the show. That's over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. You can also get in touch and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook by heading to at downtimepodcast. Right, let's get excited about the 2022 downhill season with Nico and Sean. Okay, it's that time of year again. The World Cup is very much upon us. I think we're sitting here about two weeks away from Lords. Uh, I'm joined, as usual, by Nico Milani. Nico, morning. How are you? Morning. Good. Glad we get to do this in person this time. Yeah. And in my neck of the woods. Too. Exactly. Yeah. We're sat at the kind of bottom of the hill of Windrock Bike Park, pretty much, in Oak Springs. Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge, Tennessee. There we go. See. Yeah. Two days in, I still don't know where I am. <laughs> Jet lag's going well. British people. Yeah, sorry about that. And um, Elliot can't be with us today, but we have a very special guest from uh, Vital MTB. You'll have recognised the voice from the Inside Line podcast, Sean Spomer. How's things? It's awesome to be on. It's cool to be on this side of the, the interview process. Yeah. So, yeah, I was excited when you guys asked me yesterday to, to come on and, yeah, talk about racing. Yeah, it's cool, mm-hmm. man. It's funny here, like, and people say this to me, like, oh, I recognize the voice, but I don't know the face. And yeah. it's uh, it's nice to have that the other way around with you. It's yeah. cool. So, yeah. yeah, thanks for coming, Agreed. man. Thank you. So, yeah, let's um, let's talk a little bit about things. We had an awesome season last season, like incredible racing right down to the line. Nice to have a, a pretty much full calendar. Um, it means we've had a fairly short off-season for the first time in a while, right? Because we've had, in the last two years, like delays, all the COVID-related rubbish going on. Does it feel good this off-season to, to kind of know for sure pretty much that the first race is going to happen and to have a bit of a shorter off-season? Yeah, I'd say it feels like we're getting back to normal. Um, racing in March is, is definitely pretty early. It's, it's probably one of the earliest World Cups we've had, aside from maybe South Africa in years past. But um, yeah, there was no doubt for any of us that the first race was going to happen. We could commit to all of our training, testing, know when our deadline was to have things ready. Um, and I think everybody's really excited for that, to have Lords as the first race and a 
proper season opener again. Yeah, and it's kept the vital uh, team rooms forum buzzing for the last few months. Eh? <laughs> yeah, it has. Yeah. It must be quite cool for you to see just the level of passion from the fans of the sport. Right, it's a real indication of how much people love it. Yeah, for sure. And you know, they they're on everything within minutes of a social media post or a UCI, you know, press release or something, they are on it and they post it to the forum. And yeah, without the vital forum members, you know, I'd be half as informed as I am now. So <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I love the audience and yeah, the, their passion is what keeps us going too. And they seem to be pretty on it, right? There's most stuff on there has been pretty accurate as far as team rumors go. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see it. I have to imagine there are people out there with that are in the know, but have, you know, kind of underground accounts and try to post what they know. But yeah, most of the time something is, you know, posted months earlier is pretty accurate by the time the, the news is released. Yeah. So impressive. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's fun. Good on them. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk a bit about some of the more unfortunate sides of coming into a race season. Everyone's picking up the pace and inevitably there's going to be a few people kind of get injured before the season starts. Nico, it's unfortunate that you're one of them um, this year. You broke your little finger at, uh, was it Downhill Southeast? Yeah, two weeks ago at the opening Downhill Southeast round, I clipped a tree, didn't even crash. Uh, and it was kind of cold too, so I, I I didn't really feel it. I grazed my knuckle and kept riding and thought that I just scratched it. And when I uh, when I stopped, my finger was pointed sideways. Oh, <laughs> so, and it, it really didn't hurt. Like I was like, oh, that's not good. I'll I'll cruise down and get looked at and hit all the jumps and everything. So it was like kind of a weird injury to where it's not something you can't, you have to stop doing things, but I needed to address it and take care of it if I wanted to be 100% for the first race, which yeah. which that's going to be a, a tight a tight timeline to be 100%, but I, I'm confident I'll be there and be riding and do my very best. I, uh, uh, luckily, one of, my, one of my good buddies, Jack Berg, he, he's done a bunch of video stuff with us. He helped us with the framework series and uh, did all our new ground videos over the years. And his dad is one of the best surgeons in the country. He fixes a lot of the pro motocross riders and he used to race motocross himself. So I luckily just organized it through Jack. He was at the, he films all the BAM TV, Justin Barsha's video. So he was at Houston Supercross and I was texting him while he was there working. It's like, hey, can, can your dad fix this? He's like, yeah, come to my house tomorrow and my dad will fix it between, he does um, arms, so he does shoulders, elbows, and hands. It's like, he'll fix it between all his shoulders he's doing tomorrow. No way. So it was just awesome to know a friend like that that could really take care of you because it, it was so time sensitive. If I went to, like I have a doctor that I've seen near my house that's really good, but if I went to him, he'd probably say, okay, I can do it in a couple days or a week, like let's schedule the surgery. Whereas uh, Jack's dad just did it like immediately, like within a couple hours okay. and just getting a couple, like with Lords, it was uh, it's about four weeks away from when I broke it. Yeah. So with, with that tight timeline, a couple days makes a big difference. So he put two pins in the finger. I mean, it's a small deal, it's, it's a finger and it's my, pinky finger, but it's amazing how much you realize you need that stuff when you don't have it. So, um, but yeah, I'm, it's been two weeks now and I've got the cast off, been road riding a bunch, trying to find every bump I can hit and it feels good. Um, wish I was racing here in Windrock. We walked the course yesterday and it, it, I was like tempted to go down and get my bike because it looks so much <laughs> fun. But um, I, think, I think I'm good to ride. I just probably can't crash on it now, which mm-hmm. is why I'm trying to hold out as late as I can. I'm gonna fly to Europe next Friday and then I'll 
jump on the bike, hopefully get two or three days of riding and then go to Lords. And I think that's all I can do. So it's a long season. It's a small bump in the road and might not be peak, peak 100% for Lords, but hopefully that can help me to keep building through to September. For sure. Yeah. And good to be on the start of the first race of the year. Full for, stop, right? So, for sure. Yeah. And a rider that I, I'm guessing may not make it to the first race, Troy Brosnan had a pretty nasty crash at one of the Australian races. Yeah, his He's, ankle, right? Is that yeah. What it was? Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Anyone know any more about that? Like, I've heard rumors of maybe needing surgery and stuff. I don't know what's been going on. I talked to Luca a little bit about it, and I don't think he's going Troy's not going to be able to race the first race. Okay. Um, I'm not sure about the surgery or the details of that, um, but it seemed like it was bad enough that it's going to take at least a couple weeks to heal. Uh -huh. So. Yeah, Troy's always my pick. No matter what any race comes in, I always pick Troy for number one, and I'm still going to do it even if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's fake. I like it's it. probably the best pick. Like, uh, 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 for odds, yeah. As far as like consistency goes, yeah. And when he's not number one, he's like less than one second off of number for one. For sure. So, yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how much he can make up missing the first race, right? Because at least he's got that big gap. Was it six weeks? Yeah, yeah. And I think like for a rider, I think it's even more than six weeks till yeah, Fort Williams. Crazy. So, I mean, when you have time, you can get yourself into the shape you need and then up to speed yeah. it's when you're tight on time and things aren't 100 percent and you're making do with what you have that sometimes it's it's tough to get everything dialed yeah. and then it takes a few races to get back into it but if he's got this big window um no reason he can't come in and win fort william yeah yeah and the season you know it's a long season there's plenty of rounds the overall is still all to play for right just because you're missing one round doesn't help but you could still do it yeah for sure yeah, the guys could have won last year missing one round. Yeah, for sure. Do you mind if I jump in? With yeah. A question or thought? Just yeah. talking to Aaron yesterday a little bit. You know, he's kind of, Lords is like, we're going to see how it goes. You know, it's still a bit of an experiment with everything. They're feeling good, but almost like it's a, an experimental race. You know, if we do great, awesome. If not, you know, yeah. it's early and we've had the rest of the season in that big gap. Are you looking at that the same way? And do you think other riders are? I think it depends kind of what mindset riders are in. For sure, the guys that want to win the overall are going to be trying to maximize points at that first race. You have to. There's, I mean, we say there's more races. There's eight rounds this year. It's still not that many. Like uh, Supercross has 17 rounds. You can figure stuff out. But with an eight-round series, you got to take everyone. But yeah, for me, I, I mean, I'm trying to learn something from each one with my bikes, with my setup. Um, and I think a lot of riders are, because it's so early, not trying to burn themselves out too soon. And then by the time September comes, they've, they've, they're, they're burnt out for the season. So um, for sure, there's going to be guys in that boat. But I think that, yeah, like top couple guys, Amari, Loic, guys like that. Lo Loic's smart where he'll play like the consistency over the year and he always builds really well. But um, I think like someone like Amari who wants to win the overall knows he has the speed is going to be laying down everything he's got at the first race. And that's what we love to see. Yeah. Do you think anyone will, will do that knowing there's such a gap that if they get hurt, well, there's time to heal? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't know who wants to get hurt. but I, I don't think that some of the guys even consider that. Okay. They, they just, they, they only know, like if I think of Amari and Tebow, they're, they're so exciting to watch. They ride 100% committed no matter what. 
And that doesn't even cross their mind how long until the next race, if I get hurt, to calculate the risk. I think they would, they would be thinking too much if they did that. Yeah. And that's why they are so fast. Interesting. My opinion. Yeah. So gnarly. <laughs> yes. Coming back to Aaron's point, it's also potentially like psychologically, it's maybe easier for people to go into a race with that approach. Like, oh, it's just a bit of a shakedown. There's a big gap. We can fix any problems. It maybe makes it easier psychologically to turn up in that instance, rather than feeling like you've got to be firing straight away. I don't know. I think it's a maturity thing too. Like Aaron's 34, 35. So I think he's 34. Mm -hmm. And those other guys are more than 10 years younger than him. So it's just a, a maturity difference of outlook, maybe. Yeah, a little patience, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And we got a few other injuries, unfortunately, too. So Penne out with a punctured lung and some fractured ribs at Taruka. That's not an easy one to recover from, I don't think. Yeah, it sounds brutal. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame because he was, I mean, a really hot talent back end of last year and then picking up the ride with Mondraker. It's an exciting rider to want to watch. So yep. hopefully he'll be back soon. And then Marin Cabrera, I think I saw recently because she had some issues in the off season. I've seen her post that she's still got some cracks showing in her back on x-ray. Okay. So I don't know. <clears throat> don't know what that means for her. I, know, I think she's been riding, but don't know what it means from a racing perspective. Yeah, I wonder psychologically how that would play in, like depending on the severity of the, the injury. But yeah, sure. she's always a favorite to watch for me. Just her style and her speed. Yeah, yeah. super aggressive yeah. rider to watch. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a shame to not have her firing on full form, but we'll see what happens. Let's talk about some of the team moves because um, there's been a few. It's not been a massive shakeup, I guess, but there's definitely been a few interesting ones. The, the biggest one that stands out to me is is Luca moving over to Canyon. Nico, you're probably the closest to, to Luca from an inside perspective. How's that all going? I think Luca's super excited about it. He's a, he's a pretty easygoing guy when it comes to his bike setup. He's not someone who wants to change things all the time and constantly be testing. He wants to get something that he's comfortable with and ride it. And um, not to say he doesn't do the work and he tests a lot in the off season and gets his bike set up well, but he wants to just get something he's comfortable with. And I think he's really excited to work with Canyon because they do a lot more of that off season testing so he yeah. can get himself a setup that he's able to just ride all year and, and doesn't have to be searching for something at each race. I think the Canyon's a great race bike. Um, I was joking that we're, we're, we're two, two boys going from the VPP to the horse link. Yeah. So um, we're looking to make big things happen this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's been riding it really well. He looks super comfortable and balanced on the bike. Um, I think he's excited to be back with the SRAM package. Mm -hmm. he, he spent like his whole junior <clears throat> career riding for the SRAM TLD development team. And he's good buddies with those guys. So they've actually been out twice this winter to test with him. Um, they've got some new suspension stuff they're working on. And um, Evan Warner from SRAM is like the nicest dude in the world. And he's been out a few times working with Luca. And he like treats Luca like he's his little brother. And uh, it's, I think Luca's happy to be back with them and, and being taken very good care of. Yeah. He's also been to France twice this winter to, to test with the team. and. Get, I mean, they spend a lot uh, of time to, to make the bikes as fast as they can be. So um, I think Luca's a perfect person for that situation because he's not overthinking it. He just can ride, do repeatable runs, mm -hmm. and the team can give him a bike that's custom tuned for him. Mm -hmm. um, he's not 
putting too much of his own opinion or emotion into his setup. He's just like, yeah, I just ride consistently. I'll tell you if I like it or not, and we'll get to something that's comfortable and fast. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's a good move for him. And I, I think the main thing is that he's excited with all these team moves. Guys are motivated. They have a new fire. They're happy. Yeah. Um, in the end, they're great riders. They could do well on, on a lot of different bikes and teams. But, uh, but just, I mean, they're top 10 guys. It's going to be hard to make a big improvement when you're so good and so many guys are, are right there with you. Mm -hmm. But um, I think he's motivated and happy is, is probably the biggest thing, um, among others. Yeah, good stuff. Sean, what do you think about that combination of Luca and Troy on the same squad? I think it's pretty awesome to talk about consistency. Like you were just saying, like Luca can do consistent runs. Troy's super consistent. And what about Mark? And Mark, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they just all seem like they have their their niche of reliability, consistency, and just you know what you're going to get. Yeah. When they drop in, I'm never like, all right, hope they make it to the bottom. <laughs> you know, like you're never like that with those guys. So <clears throat> I think that speaks volumes to their preparation, to their talent, and, you know, their maturity level. And um, Dante Silva sent us a POV following Luca out in France. He just looked like he was having a hoot, yeah. you know, just bouncing around, blasting over everything. And, you know, to see that, it was like, okay, he looks like he's feeling pretty at home. I imagine the, the addition of working with Fabian Burrell over there, mm -hmm. when you have that consistency and you have like a tactician like Fabian, yeah. that that can only help things, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah, no I'm excited for him. I hope he does well. Yeah, they have that no stone unturned approach, I think, like the yeah. amount of investment in both time and money that, that Canyon put into that team is, is pretty incredible, I think. Yeah, so it's huge. Yeah, yeah. Good to see how that turns out. And one of the, I guess, from a, a noise perspective, one of the biggest launches this season was the, the revised Santa Cruz Syndicate. It's a massively different team, actually, to be fair. Like, I don't, so Cassie, uh, Kathy's not manager, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure PD's taken over as, as doing more of that <clears> stuff this <throat> year. Okay. Yeah, and they've got a lot of new mechanics. I think there's a lot of sort of fresh blood out of the Morzine crew on that side of things. A new physio, I believe. <clears throat> and then obviously a new rider lineup, apart from Greg. So how, yeah, what do you think? Um, I guess that the biggest name move onto the team is Laurie, but we've also got Jackson Goldston there and, uh, and, and Nina Hoffman moving across. It's going to be... An interesting change to that team. It's a real, real big shift. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. It seems like the the youth and kind of the excitement of of Jackson. Sort of, he's like a modern rider. You know, he can yeah. film shred park, do all that, and not just a pure racer. I think that'll bring some some fun to the team. <clears throat> and then it seems like it'd be hard to be in Greg's shadow to some degree, you know, for the riders that were there for a while. Yeah. But if you're someone like Lori or Jackson moving into that, it's like, oh, okay, I'm under the goat. You know, this is going to help propel me. And then the fact they brought Nina across, I think was a great move because yeah. we'd seen in the forum for years, like, why doesn't syndicate have a woman on the team? I'm like, well, Nina's running her own program. She's doing that, which, you know, if that's what she wanted to do, that's, that's awesome, you know, mm -hmm. fair to her. But the fact that they, embraced her and brought her over her potential seems like it's not even fully tapped yet so yeah. hopefully with some support not having to manage her own team that she can focus just on the racing yeah and laurie's looking quick on that bike already i've heard him say in the past that when he 
when he's riding quick, he feels cocky, like he can kind of get away with anything. Uh-huh. And watching him ride in the wet in Wales in the middle of winter, it had that feel to it. Like he was just hitting stuff so hard yeah. that it seemed like he had belief that there was infinite grip there. And I think that's got to be a good sign. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What do you think logistically, Nico, to that? Is it helpful for a team that have only had top elite males in the team before to now have a junior and an elite woman on the squad because they're getting info off the hill kind of earlier in the day does that does that provide any advantage do you think in a team um possibly from jackson it would um it's tough sometimes to get the info from from a woman because their speed might not be as equal to the man the lines they're taking um their bike setup is going to be a lot different so it, it it's it's a hard comparison there, but um, <clears throat> Jackson should be taking, should be riding the same speed as the other two guys on the team and taking similar lines and can can possibly provide some info. Yeah, I would say most of the time within the team, logistically, nobody wants to wake up for B practice, <laughs> so getting all the mechanics there two hours earlier and yeah and everything like that is is more of an inconvenience. But um, no, it's it, I think it'll be. It'll be an interesting thing. They ha- the syndicate has only ever had a few riders, right? Like yeah. Rennie, Bryceland, um, Steve, Steve was, and Greg was was the main team for yeah. a while, and then um, Luca and Loris. So, uh, as far as like the, the the real race team on the syndicate before they had uh, Kurt was, I guess, like a yeah, doing like zinc. Like they both race, but yeah, they're like yeah. free ride guys too. Yeah, but um, yeah, the, it's been a very like tight team not not syndicate offer doesn't get extended to anyone so they they choose wisely and these guys i think are perfect fits they're the real real deal so um it'll be exciting to see and i think for laurie the bikes looks a lot better than what his setup was last year so i think that's gonna give him a lot of confidence and um he's already top three top five most weekends which for a lot of these guys like yeah i'm sure they're hoping to make big improvements but it's tough to make a big improvement from that spot and all the guys are racing against that they didn't change the team but they probably got faster for for this year so it'll be interesting to watch i think he'll be laurie will be exciting yeah and laurie's a rider that certainly puts the grafting in the off season like a bit of insight to to that and the amount of timed work he's been doing the amount of back-to-back laps the amount of testing is pretty full-on so if anyone's going to be up to speed on a new bike over the winter, I think he's in a good position to, to be that. So it's exciting to see. Another another move that kind of intrigued me a bit was George Brannigan onto United Ride. And George is a rider that's, you know, has been a podium threat in the past for sure and has had a lot of sort of struggles with injury and bits and pieces, but it took the New Zealand champs recently, right, Sean? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. What do you think? Do you think we could see a George Brannigan kind of coming back on the form that we've seen him in the past? I sure hope so. George is one of those those riders that I think everyone wants him to do well and you know he's got the potential you see what he does just kind of mucking about in videos or things mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he has the speed there it's just a matter of putting it together on race day you know yeah. the the New Zealand champs has to be a confidence boost and yeah hopefully he's getting along with the new bike sure seems like he is so yeah, yeah. It'd be exciting to see if if he can do well yeah were you on the same team with him at Trek yeah yeah we were on the same team for two years yeah and uh, George is an interesting guy. He's uh, one of the coolest things is that he is almost always the first one to do a gnarly gap or an, anything <laughs> on the track that's like 
people are stopped looking at in practice or on track walk, you're like, oh, maybe you could jump that. George almost always does it first, which yeah. is pretty badass, I'd say. He's got a lot of clout within the within the pits for doing that. But yeah, he's obviously a super skilled rider and um, love to see him back uh, where he should be. Yeah, definitely. Then Mondraker has been shaken up a bit, so Toyota has joined there and also David Trummer, a couple of riders that have got a lot of promise. Yeah. What do you think? Trummer is one of those sleepers. Like, <laughs> it's literally... Uh, yeah, it looks like, like he's sleeping when he's riding. Uh-huh. He's so smooth. And then you see his times. You're like, whoa, okay, he's going yeah. really fast. Yeah. Again, it makes it look easy. Yeah, a consistent rider, right? That yeah. You know, if he's not in the mix, you kind of don't think about him. But when he is, you're just like, oh, yeah, he's out there. He's a threat. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets along with Mondraker. Yeah. not sure the level of support because he was kind of running his own thing with YT, right? Last year he was on the mob, so he was on the big team. Oh, he was, okay. Yeah, but before that he was. Okay. I I think that Mondraker will be good, particularly for Trummer, because he's Austrian, and the team team structure Mm -hmm. is all Austrian. Mm -hmm. So it's it's easy for him to test with the team, to work with the team. Everybody speaks his language. They're all his... They've known each other for a while. So I think he's going to be a good fit on, on that big Austrian team. Yeah, cool. And fast teammate in Brooke McDonald. So you've got someone who's definitely up there on the pace because Brooke was pretty much back, I would say, last season. It sure like. seemed that way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, still blows my mind. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Good to see. And then, yeah, the shakeup at Intense. So you've, you've seen the guys this weekend a bit there on the new bikes, which look pretty cool and they seem very happy with. Um, but yeah, move over there for, for Dakota and, uh, and Joe Breeden from the UK. Two riders that are both pretty threatening, I think. Like Dakota last year had some good results and also was on some heaters when things went wrong. Yep. Um, and Joe's shown in the past what he's capable of, I think, and maybe with that additional support around him. Could be exciting for those guys. Yeah, hope so. Hope the the bikes are working out and heard someone yesterday say Gwyn looks happy, so a happy Gwyn is a fast Gwyn. So if you know the bikes are working, I imagine just the attitude and the excitement and kind of the positivity around it all has to be contagious for the team that they'll go into the race, you know, ready to pin it. So Yeah. What do you think of those two, Nico? Do you think uh they're gonna be challenging for but good results this season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Aaron brought on two guys that could challenge him big time. They're, <laughs> they're sure. fast, they're fast riders, and that I, I he was telling me about it a couple of months ago, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I, I kind of like that challenge. Like, I I want to have these guys like pushing me to go faster. Yeah. To to be like he he's obviously the team leader, but he wants the, he wants some pressure. He wants yeah. guys there motivated. And I think when you have guys in the team that that are hungry and want results and are, are pushing that it's a vibe that is contagious for the other riders and we have that attitude when everybody's like there to focus to, to race and win then it's a it's a good environment in the pits so uh, I think it'll be a solid team for sure exciting one to watch yeah it feels like there's a few teams this year that could put multiple riders on the podium at any round yeah. like Canyon Santa Cruz Intense there's some really strong like groups of people there absolutely yeah yeah the depth of the top 20 just seems unreal anymore it used to be oh there's three or four riders that you expect but now it could be anyone and you wouldn't be surprised yeah which yeah yeah and that makes it fun and that top 20 can shake up a bit season to season as well depending on who's feeling good on what bike and whether they're a good fit in the team and yeah there seems to be 
yeah there's, a, there's at least 30 people that can be in that top top 20 i think yeah, the, sure. the days are gone when it's sam g pd and greg <laughs> on every podium totally <laughs> and yeah. you knew that was going to be the case yeah <laughs> We'll see, yeah. And then Kona pulling out of uh, of racing last year left Connor with uh, with a challenge, but he's picked up this forbidden team. Where and I believe there's a new downhill bike coming. Do you know anything about that, Sean? I haven't heard specifics about okay. the downhill bike, but he at like Threadbow, he just he slapped a boxer on the the yeah. dreadnought. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Seemed to do all right on that. So he did <laughs> yeah. seem to do all right. <clears throat> Yeah, I talked to Magnus. Magnus was racing at the two events I did in Costa Rica, and he had the trail bike with a different link to give it 180 travel. Okay. And then the boxer, I think he said the boxer was a 190 boxer, so it doesn't throw the geometry off too much. Mm -hmm. But he was ripping on it, riding super well, and he said he was really happy with the bike. But the plan is that some at some point this season they're going to have a dedicated downhill bike. Cool. So de designed from the ground up, not just modified with a link. So. That'll be cool, and I mean the bike's already working great, so it'll be interesting to see what they can do with a the full downhill bike. Yeah. Is Connor literally the last flat pedal rider anymore? I think so. Yeah, because Brooks riding clips. Yeah. And I think so, he must be. Yeah. Keep on, Connor. Keep doing. <laughs> yeah, hang on a minute. Brendan's still there, right? True. But yeah. If he's Brendan there to race, or <laughs> to get a backflip the first jump. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to see how Connor does on this bike that is, is I, I believe, more of a race bike, a bike that tracks the ground, that takes bumps a lot better, that is just a more composed bike riding at high speed. Yeah. It seems like the bikes that he was riding, short rear end, single pivot, um, maybe not the most, um, I don't know, stable at high speed. And he would always make it work. I mean, Connor rides super committed and would look like he was out of control, but mm -hmm. he, I think the bike that he is now is is very many ways the opposite of the bike he had before where this thing is going to eat bumps stable at high speeds um and just a, a really good bike I'm, I'm interested to see how how connor does if it makes a big difference yeah. maybe it helps him keep his feet in the right place <laughs> yeah and that could, you could you could easily see him taking another pretty impressive result i think like there's still that fire there and that skill's never left like he's an incredible rider to watch. For, for sure and from what magnus said the the motivation was a lot higher changing but this is the first time he's ever changed the bike in his in his career and new stuff going on it's like exciting for him yeah i think i think he was saying that he had an, an option to stay with kona but not race they wanted to do mm. something with j just video projects and he was like yeah honestly that's kind of like the dream to get paid to just do that and not have to produce <laughs> any results but i can only race once i'm like i only have so many so many years of my career to do that so mm. um he made it work with him and dupel put the team together with yeah. forbidden and um i think he's he's like excited and fired up to have a a good bike and it was only a couple of years ago where connor was top 10 at every race yeah. top five in the yeah. overall so it'd be cool to see him to get back to that definitely yeah um, and to have matthew behind him who's as experienced as they come on the circuit just like for sure he's another just steady kind of stalwart guy that's will make sure connor's set up regardless yeah. of the bike so yeah that's yeah that's neat that he came along that's the side of the team changes that a lot of people don't see i guess is that yeah okay you've changed bike and changed kit but if you've not changed the people around you you've still got that stability and that that kind of feeling of being safe and comfortable within the environment right so yeah you've got a new bike to learn but everything else is the same it's still matty and they've known each other for what like 20 years they've been working together yeah. 
Insane. So yeah, that'd be exciting, and much less wim- much less movement in the women's field this off season. So we talked a bit about Nina moving to Santa Cruz, which is exciting. Um, the only other one that really stood out was Millie Johnson moving to 100% Common Style from Atherton Racing. That feels quite an exciting move. She had a good year last year. Yeah, for sure. And that team has been st- steadily stepping things up. They um, they got Angel on the team yeah, too, so it's not re- not really a big move, but. Um, I think Angel's happy to be riding the TRP brakes and Max's tires again, from what yeah. he <clears throat> from what he told me, and Fox suspension. Um, but but yeah, their team is solid. Like their their components package is great. The comments all proven that it works. So for her to jump on that team, um, their team's going to be really strong this year. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they could even do stuff with the team overall. Yeah, true. So. Yeah, there's a lot of top riders on that squad, isn't there? Yeah. A lot of people to learn from. I don't know much about the the, the, team, the team infrastructure with that team and how well supported they are, but it's... It's pretty good. They, they, so Pierre-Charles George runs the team. He's an ex-rider, knows exactly what they need. And um, they got a new truck at the races last year, a really nice rig. So they're, they have a... It looks like a tier one team and they've got good components, good support, and I expect expect big things yeah it should be good good stuff and sure do you do you know anything about rachel atherton and whether she might step back onto the circuit this season i've heard various things but i haven't heard anything specific yeah yeah it'd be <clears throat> it'd be interesting to see like if coming back you know being a mom now having that in the back of your head kind of having been off the bike in a competitive sense for such a long time that yeah. you know could she could she step back up because women's scene is so gnarly now they're all so fast yeah races are getting close and i mean you look at what miriam's doing she seems to be stomping on everyone pretty hard most of the time yeah. um yeah i don't know it'd be exciting to see her come back but you know wouldn't blame her one bit if she's like no oh, had my fill i'm you know, just going to yeah. hang out on the side now and watch. But. Yeah, and she'd never really fully come back from that Achilles injury, I guess. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's it's been a long, long run. Like, yeah. it's not just that she's gone and had a, a baby and popping back. Like, right. she's still got that injury, I guess, to deal with, which when you're not training and, you know, taking time out for being a mum, then that's probably not helping the Achilles stuff. There's probably a lot of work for her to do to get back, but I'd be super excited to see it. It would be really cool. Yeah. Because it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fierce competition now in that in that field for sure. Yep, be cool. Yeah, and so and there's quite a few riders staying put. Is that what do you think, Nicola? You said you, there's the energy you get and that fire from you know wanting to prove yourself in a new setup, but there's also a lot to be said for the stability of having a, a familiar bike, familiar kit, familiar people around you, right? Yeah, I mean you can make arguments for both things and when you can start building momentum in a direction and and keep that just building on itself you can get pretty far as well so you look at teams like uh common saw muckoff they've got a lot of positives to build on from last year and they look like they're going really fast this year they have a really solid team and put a lot into preparation as a team so those guys will be keeping the momentum going in the right direction and it's just inter- interesting to see the contrast between that mindset and the new and exciting. And I think a lot of the riders that switch teams, uh, they obviously believe that their new setup is a lot better than what they had before. So it gives them a bit of confidence that 
the results are going to change for the better because I've changed something for the better that I can, it's tangible. Um, so yeah, two interesting mindsets for sure. Yeah. And there's some serious threats there. You mentioned the comments, our guys, but we've got obviously Loic and Loris. You can never, never yeah, bet against absolutely. so many gnarly riders. Yeah. So many French riders. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Benoit Coulange still with yeah. Dorval team yeah. was showing some incredible promise. That's a perfect team for him too. He should never change his team. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good stuff. And then um, any kind of, Big kit changes. I spoke. Comments. I don't seem to be on MV wheels anymore. That's. I haven't seen an announcement on that, but it doesn't have MV written on the wheels of any of the bikes I've seen him riding recently. So that's that's a fairly significant change, right? Yeah, and those guys test so much. So if they're going to make something, make a change like that, there would have been a lot of data points to back it up. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then in the women's field, Tani seems to be back on a pace that she's happy with i think uh, taruka is all i saw her talking about saying she felt like she was kind of back in the game a little bit was be nice to see because i felt like she had a rough season last well the last couple of seasons right with injury and just not quite feeling right and the neck problems so yeah be good to see her back yeah that's got to be so hard on the confidence knowing it's a an injury in your neck or your back or whatever that to push it and risk it <laughs> i don't know how mentally how they would do that so she's feeling good I can say too that like I've I broke my C6 C7 two years ago, and it's something that there's always lingering effects from. Like it's not I don't believe that I'm gonna crash and hurt my neck again, but like I have numbness in my fingers, my neck gets really tight like on race day when you have like the stress of a heavy day, like when normally you feel like some weight on your shoulders with everything not being perfect in your neck. Sometimes those tight spots get get really bad. Um, and, and in weird places to where you feel stiffer than you want to on the bike. Like, I think a lot of riders have little underlying things, like everybody's dealing with certain things, but when you have stuff with neck and spine and, and nerve issues, it's a little bit less straightforward than a normal injury to come back from. And stuff, yeah, like I said, lingers on for a couple of years. So that's tough and, and it's annoying as a rider to, you don't want to make an excuse or you don't want to have something like that, but it really does affect you. And it's tough to, you have to do a lot of work to try to put it behind you. Um, and sometimes it just keeps popping up. So hopefully she and other riders that are dealing with that stuff can uh, can find a good way to get back to feeling good the way they want to. Yeah, when the, the times are so close that yeah. if you are stiff in a way you're not used to or wanting to be, if that's two seconds only off your run. That could be a handful of spots, you know? For sure, I mean, and a lot of times two seconds is less than 1% off. Yeah. So, yeah. It's tough. <laughs> Sean, what do you think to, to Valley Hole? She's a young rider. He went through a lot last year um, and no doubt learned a lot from it. But despite everything, she still took the overall last year. Yeah. When, <clears throat> when you have kind of the the prodigy junior coming up and just obliterating everyone. Then they go to elites and this pressure's heaped on them. I think she did fantastic, you know, just with all the pressure of yeah. like, you're going to be the best ever. No one's going to touch you kind of thing on the, on the podium that she hung on and she kept fighting and to, yeah, to take the overall regardless of her kind of individual race results was, yeah. was pretty impressive. Yeah. So hopefully that, that kind of helps her reset, 
you know, the expectations might be a little bit different or at least the pressure. So there's no doubt she's an amazing bike handler and she's prepared to race. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that the battle between, and I'm not saying there won't be other women in the mix here, but between her and Pom Pom, because yeah. Pom, the momentum <clears throat> that Pom Pom had last season, and it feels like she started off this season with that same feeling, like watching her ride is incredible. And she's spent the last however many months at so many team camps riding with Amory and yeah. T-Bur and all these guys that, yeah, it just looks like she's on another level at the moment. We'll see how that pans out. Nika, how important is all this pre-season racing? Obviously, we're at Windrock. There's a few top riders here that will be getting ready for, for World Cups. Um, the race at Taruka seems to have been pretty much a mini World Cup. It was pretty stacked. Like how beneficial is it to be able to get into those environments with people that you're going to be racing against at World Cups? Um, I think it's super beneficial, especially with such an early season race like Lourdes. Um, it's just... For one, it's nice to get back into the swing of racing, get your head around riding during a practice session, doing a qualifying and a race run, rather than just out for a test day. Um, and just being back and getting in the swing of the race weekend is um, something that is nice to do before you get to the big show. And then aside from that, it's, it's tough to go to a test session and ride a trail that has the same surface of a racetrack. Mm -hmm. When you've got 350 bikes on the track, mm -hmm. the surface is a lot different. And it's, it's tough when it's only you and your team or a few people riding a trail to do testing. Um, it's, the, the breaking points aren't as bedded in. Um, there's, there's not as many ruts. Uh, the track doesn't break down like it does when you have so many bikes on it. So I think from a setup point of view, it's nice to be able to run through your race setup on the same surface or a similar surface as what you'll be racing on a, on a big race. Yeah. yeah. And how important is that first round from a results perspective? Um, that's hard to say. I mean, it's, it's, it's an eight round series. So as we said, like every round is going to count. Um, it's, you don't have so many that you can throw one away. You want to get off to the right on the right foot. I think if you can get a good result there, it's it sets you up to be in a good spot. Um, I've always felt like when I did well at the first round, it kind of sent a new benchmark or set the bar for myself. Where it's like a couple of race, a couple of seasons, I'd started off in the top ten. I was like, cool, this is where I want to be this year. It gives you confidence that that's where you are, mm -hmm. rather than starting from behind and having to chase. Um, but I, I I do think it's important to save you only have so much of this magic in you and you want to save some for when it matters and the, the season really heats up through the middle of the summer and into um july we have like four races in a row everybody has uh lenzerheide andorra it's the uci weekend for national champs and then snowshoe and mount saint anne so like that that time of year it's going to be a lot busier and heating up and mm -hmm you're kind of going to forget what happened in Lords by the time you get there. Um, so you want to be able to be even kiltered through the year and um, if anything, build up to the end of the season. So yeah. starting this early, you definitely want to save something. You don't want to be riding this huge peak that's going to crash on the end of March. You got to be fast through the summer. So it's a balance, but everyone's got to do the same thing. So Yeah, yeah for sure. Sean, are you, uh, are you excited for Lords? Then it could well be quite an interesting race, like weather-wise and 
it's still dark pretty much when b practice starts at that time <laughs> it's, sure. it's still actually dark pretty almost much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm excited i was looking back at the the results of the last one in 2017 was the yeah. last time it's been five years already it was the advent of the 29er basically it was yeah. the year that santa cruz turned up and freaked everyone with the 29er <laughs> yeah yeah and you got seventh nico yeah, yeah. i did uh-huh. <laughs> let's let's uh let's keep that rolling <laughs> <laughs> yep so you're on a roll but yeah I, it's such a neat venue i was i was bummed when it went away as far just the upper section with the rocks and there's that gully section that looks crazy um saw the photo of the the whoops they built yeah there's like seven or eight whoops in a row and i'm not familiar with the track i've never been there but yeah if you can recognize where it's, it's at it's but. at the bottom the huge <clears throat> traverse into the finish if you ever watched it okay on the broadcast. yeah and then you so like that take the right section, off of yeah the, should be i think, think you'll be able to skim them then you're going fast there so okay. i mean it's hard to say just looking at a picture but yeah hopefully <laughs> okay it's so cool that looks fun looks yeah. unique but yeah i hope the weather's not a huge factor you know want everyone yeah. to stay safe obviously and yeah i hope they can they can pull it off the yeah. the timing seems air quotes interesting so we'll see <laughs> it's yeah. been nice there the past month so i mean obviously everything can change every day but it's it looks like it's been good weather we've been kind of tracking it the hard thing with lords is those rocks at the top are so smooth that they're really slippery they're like riding on bowling balls yeah. <laughs> so it's uh it's it's if it rains it's going to be a little bit sketchy there for sure yeah. um but it's a it's a good proper track like when the dirt is good the years that we've raced it in good conditions it's it's a real downhill track it's intense it's short there's big compressions there's rocks there's a little bit of everything and um a few sketchy sends wouldn't be a french world cup without that <laughs> <laughs> And we've got uh, Leger for world champs this year. That's uh, an exciting proposition. I mean, a race in Leger is always a good day out, but world champs? Yeah, there, there might be a couple people spectating, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah, the grass turns and just the speeds there. And yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun one. Yeah. It seems so far off, though. Like, there's so many things that could happen between now and then. It's hard to get too excited about something that far out, but you know it's going to be a spectacle no matter what yeah and they put that track together for for the race last year looked looked pretty awesome absolutely yeah is it is it a track that's fairly easy to make some good modifications to to kind of freshen up for worlds okay uh most of it's natural so yeah yeah, you just move it over (laughs) it'll be it'll be fresh again but no it was a great track i think uh, maybe they could do a little bit at the from the woods to the finish would be cool it was kind of like they used the best part of the mountain and they had to get back over to the finish pole but um yeah i thought it was cool and it'll be a great world's track yeah any rounds that you're sorry leger was that the one with the off camber it was all greasy and there's that big stump thing in the way is it was it breeden that made the the ultimate save? Oh, it was yeah. uh, Kolb. Oh, yeah, Andreas yeah, Kolb. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That was uh, <clears throat> that was scary to watch. Like, we were at the finish watching all the rest of the guys come through, and that was, it, as it started to rain, oh. that off-camber, you're going as fast as you could go. You, like, spun out in your biggest gear, just on this off-camber to hopefully make it across the bridge. That that seemed, like, a little bit sketchy. Yeah, hopefully maybe they tweak that one a little bit yeah. for safety. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> safety and uh, leisure don't always go hand in hand so it's part of what makes it such a unique place yeah yeah for sure any any rounds that particularly stand out for you nico and that you're really excited to get to um andorra coming back is going to be exciting i heard maybe a new track 
Okay. Um, they're building uh, something at the the old Finnish Bowl, which the 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 World Cup track in Andorra wasn't really part of the bike park. It went all the way down into the city. Yeah. So they, I don't. I heard something that they might not be able to use the same finish area. So okay. potentially a new part of the track or even a new location for the whole track yeah. uh, at that same venue. So that'll, that'll be exciting. And I mean, if they use the same track, it's, it's one we haven't been to for a couple of years. Um, really just like ones like that, Mount St. Anne, Fort William, that since COVID we haven't got to race. So everybody's refreshed on like, I think Fort William was one, some riders were like, man, same every year. <laughs> But um, to go back there now is like, oh, cool, we're back in Fort William. So maybe we just needed two years of a break to get back excited about it. Yeah, you feel after Fort William. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Depends what the weather does to us. But it's a little bit later or earlier it's this earlier. year. It's, it's earlier, yeah. yeah. Okay. Who knows? It'll be good. The Same mid- for everybody. The midges will come and see us anyway. So it's all yeah. good. Do you have any idea if Andorra's, like, if there was a different track, if it'll be as steep, like, based on the train I've never been there? I heard, and I, and I don't want to talk too much about rumors, but I heard that it was um, going to be maybe in the bike park area where there was, where the lifts were. Not the same as like the 20, the 2008 track. Yeah. Like, remember that old mm-hmm. one? Um, I don't think it's that same spot, but maybe over there on those chairlifts um, in a different zone than where the other track was. Okay. And I'm not sure. I also heard that it would be the same top half as the track that we were racing and then a new finish, like last two minutes into a different finish area. So either one of those things could happen. Okay. Oh, could also just show up and ride the same track. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Fingers crossed. We'll see how it pans out. Yeah. Well, it's been super interesting chatting to you guys. Thanks, Sean, for coming over and uh, taking time for a sit down. It's nice to hear your thoughts. Thanks for having me. Appreciate and, uh, it. Yeah. It's fun. Hopefully we'll catch you around at some races over the season and hope it all goes well for you, Nico. And no doubt we will keep in touch and chat on the World Cup post-race shows throughout the year. Thank you. All right, that's it for this episode with Nico and Sean. I hope you've enjoyed it and you're as excited as I am about the racing starting in Lords next weekend. Here's a few links that might be useful to you. Downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some merch. And forward slash EP if you'd like a copy of the first issue of our lovely print project, Downtime EP. As always, spread the word and make sure as many people as possible are listening. That's it for today, but until next time, get out and ride.